Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Hey, today we're continuing with our series that we started last week called When the Devil Comes Knocking. Come on. I think Pastor Adam brought an incredible message last week. Liar, liar. And it was an awesome message that he preached to us last week. If you weren't here, make sure you can check it out on YouTube. Uh, One more time before I forget, can we welcome all of our family and friends on YouTube, Facebook? Come on, Calvary Church Online, we love you. We're glad that you're watching this morning and that you're connected with us. I want you to grab your Bibles and go to 1 Peter. Go to 1 Peter. The month of October, we are in this series, When the Devil Comes Knocking. And how many know he will come knocking to our door? And so we're going to continue to talk about that for the next couple of weeks. And then we're going to get into Heart for the House season, the generosity season of our church. I love this time of the year. As you go in there, look at your neighbor and tell them, you look incredible this morning. Come on, give somebody a compliment online on the chats. I love being in Kendall. Look at somebody on the other side and tell them, don't answer when the devil knocks. Come on. Don't answer when the devil knocks. Don't answer when he knocks. First Peter chapter five, first Peter chapter five, where the devil comes knocking. I love this series. I think it's a vital series. It's essential. It's important that we understand how the devil comes knocking in our life. Uh, because sooner or later, if he hasn't knocked already, he will come knocking. And he comes in different forms. And so we must uh, learn to know which, which are the ways that the devil will approach our life. And so if you haven't experienced him knocking yet, he will knock on your door. And how will you answer when he knocks? And I think it's important. We said bring friends, bring families. If this is your first time here, my name is Alex. And me and Diana get to be the pastors of this church along with an incredible team of people. We're glad that you're here. Um, in fact, we think, we think this is a beautiful home. Come on. We think it's a beautiful family. And so we're glad that you're here today. And we want to let you know that there is a real enemy. And he is knocking on all of our doors. Uh, but the Bible says, greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. The devil may be knocking, but God is on our side and we have the victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. First Peter chapter five, first Peter chapter five, go with me down to verse six. We're going to read some verses. Then we're going to talk about them, pray, worship, and it's going to be an amazing Sunday. First Peter chapter five, verse six. If you're there, can you say amen? If you don't have a Bible, feel free to share with the person next to you. They're kind. They're awesome. They're amazing. They look great today. And, uh, If not, we can put it up on the screens. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, 
and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Come on, can we give God a big hand for that alone? Come on, that's a good word. Those verses alone will preach to you and get you on your way. We're going to talk about 1 Peter chapter 5, those few verses that we just read. Uh, today, week two of this series, I want to talk to you from this thought. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. Tap three people around you and tell them, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. We're going to pray, and then uh, let's talk about this for a little bit. Uh, we're going to open up scripture and see what Peter means by this and what, how the devil comes knocking in week two. Then we'll worship God at the end. We'll have an amazing time, and then we'll go home. I'm not going to mention the dolphins anymore. Somebody told me, don't even pray anymore. It's, it's, so, yeah, the heat started, so that's a good one. Yeah, we lost last night, but uh, let's just pray for spiritual things and uh, enjoy our city today. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your love, for your mercy. Thank you for this community, this family called Calvary, God, here physically and online across multiple locations, different homes, offices, workplaces where people are today. Thank you that we all get to be united across all the different services today. God, that you would speak to us as we open up your word to let us know about the enemy that comes knocking at our door, but knowing that there is victory in in you. We love you, God. We thank you. Thank you for loving people like us. We don't earn it. We can't earn it. We can't deserve it. You're just so good. We love you. We thank you. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. And all of Calvary says, Amen. come on, all of Calvary says, Amen. can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. If you were to go to the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago, you would uh, run into two statues of two lions at the museum. These are two lions that existed in Africa in the year 1898. In 1898, there were two lions that became known as the man-eating lions. There was some construction going on in a certain part of Kenya, and as they were trying to build a bridge, uh, the people in the village and the construction workers noticed that every night, these two lions would come into the village and literally start eating people alive. Two lions who ravaged a whole neighborhood. It was horrific. It was terrifying. It is believed, estimated that at one point, they ate up to 135 people. They destroyed a village. Two lions. Imagine being in those tents during that construction time. Imagine living in that village during that time where at any moment a lion could pop out at night and grab you or a family member. And these were man-eating lions. They became known for liking human flesh, for devouring human flesh. After much studies years later, they said that it was probably easier for them as they were older lions to devour human flesh than it was animal flesh. And as they found out the human beings were there, they took a liking to it, and they realized it was easy prey. I think if you lived in that village, if we were to be there at that time, there would be no moments of peace. We would be on high alert. We would be aware of our surroundings because there is a lion on the loose. I wonder if we're aware of the lion that prowls around for our soul. 
Are we aware of the lion that is out to destroy everything that God has for us? Do we know there's a lion? There is a lion. I want to tell you this morning, there is an enemy of our soul and the enemy is real. His name is Satan. Satan is absolutely real. The Bible tells us that Satan is real. In fact, the word, the name Satan is mentioned in the Bible 35 times. The name devil is mentioned 54 times in scripture. The wicked one is mentioned eight times in scripture. It is absolutely real that the devil is after our soul. A Barnabas poll, a poll that uh, calls on churches and Christians to ask them questions, recently said that 50% of Christians think that the devil is just a symbol of evil. Another poll said that 65% of Christians think that the devil is not a real being. And I think we have to be careful because there is a lion that is out on the prowl, and he's after all that God has for us. And I wonder if we're living unaware. Here's the problem. Living unaware will leave you unprepared. If you are unaware, you will be unprepared for all that the enemy is going to throw on your tracks. The other day, I went out walking my dogs, and I usually check the weather. I usually check the clouds, and I walked out, put the dogs on the leash. I was halfway down the block when a storm broke out. I had to find the roof, and I had to hide under the roof for about 30 minutes. I'm texting, calling Dan, like, you might have to come pick me and the dogs up. This rain is not stopping. Why? Because I was unaware of the weather. I didn't prepare for the storm that was coming. Are you aware that there is a lion out on the prowl and he's looking for your soul? He's trying to destroy your marriage. He's trying to destroy your home. He's trying to destroy your relationships. He's trying to destroy everything that God has for you. The enemy is real. Now the enemy, not only is he real, the enemy also has a plan. And his plan is to destroy. In the book of Revelation... The Bible gives us another name for Satan or for the devil, and it is the name Abaddon. Abaddon in the Greek is Alion, and the name literally means the destroyer. It's the angel of the bottomless pit, the destroyer. That is what the Bible calls him. He is the destroyer. So not only is he the snake that lies, he's also the lion that devours. Are you following me? Last week, we learned in part one that he is a snake that comes with lies to our mind. Today, we're going to learn that he's also the lion that comes to destroy all that God has for us. And he wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your purpose. He wants to destroy God's destiny for your life. And your destiny has a God-given call and a God-given purpose. You have a God end, and that's to be with him in eternity forever and ever. But since he hates God, he hates the image of God, which is us, because we are made in his likeness and his image. And because we represent God he's trying to destroy us because by destroying us he thinks he's destroying God but my Bible says that God is a winner and that God already won and he already threw the devil down can I tell you don't let this devil destroy what God has already won for you come on everybody know we already won and so the enemy's real the enemy has a plan and the enemy is active Peter says he's on the prowl He's the prowling lion. He's looking for opportunities in our life 
to see when he could deceive you, lie to you, destroy you, and bring down everything that God is building up in your life. All the blessings that God has ahead for you. Oh, he's on the prowl looking for a way for you to quit on all that God has for you. Are you paying attention? Are you aware that there's a real devouring lion trying to destroy our soul? Maybe today you're in here and you're saying, Alex, that's me. I've quit on God. I've forsaken God's will for my life. I got tired. God took way too long. God didn't answer my prayer request. And I feel like I've made bad decisions in my life. Maybe you're sitting here this morning or you're watching and you're saying, I've made, I've made too many mistakes. There's no way that God can forgive me today. I feel like I destroyed my home. I destroyed my marriage. I destroyed my purpose. I destroyed my call. I want to tell you today, it's never too late. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And it doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. Today, you can have the grace of God come and pick you up, give you a brand new opportunity because his mercies and his grace are made new each and every day. And if the devil's a destroyer, then my God is a redeemer. And if the devil is a liar, my God, he speaks truth. And today he has grace. Come on, today he has life. Today he wants to pick us up and give us a brand new mercy and opportunity. Can I get an amen? I want to tell you today, keep standing because God is still working. If you've quit, if you let the devil destroy something in your life, I want you to stand back up on the grace and the promise of God because God is still on the move. And he's working on your behalf. It's not over until God says it's over. Can I get an amen? The devil's out to destroy, but we have a God who redeems and restores. I love God. First Peter is an incredible letter that the disciple Apostle Peter wrote to the churches. First Peter is an incredible letter that I think all of us should read. It's a short letter. It is one that will charge up your faith. Peter is writing this letter, and it's meant to be a circular letter, meaning it's meant to go to all the churches that were established at that time in Asia Minor, which today is modern-day Turkey. There were churches that they planted all over the known world at the time. And Peter, he's writing to them. And Peter's trying to encourage them all the way from Rome, which in 1 Peter he calls Babylon. Peter says, I'm in Babylon and I'm writing to you to encourage your faith. Because Christians at the time were being persecuted. They were losing their businesses. They were losing their homes. Peter is in Rome in Babylon under Emperor Nero, that if you know a little bit of history, you would know that Emperor Nero was psychotic. <laughs> he was crazy. Crazy. <laughs> he killed his own family members. He lost his mind. In fact, many believe he caused Rome to burn down on purpose and he blamed it on the Christians and so started burning Christians alive at the stake. They said that if you would look at, Peter, at Nero's palace at night, you would see all these bright lights and it was Christians being burned alive at night to light up the garden. Peter knows Christians are suffering because of their faith. And he knows it's not just in Rome, but it's also in Asia Minor that they're under severe punishment from governing authorities 
He knows that because they've trusted in Jesus, they're losing friends, they're losing family. How can you follow this thing called the way? Who is this man named Jesus of Nazareth that supposedly died and rose again? And so a lot of them were losing opportunities, friends, families, businesses, finances, resources. And Peter writes to them to encourage them and say, keep on standing. One commentator said, First Peter, it's the book of Job in the New Testament. Because there's righteous people suffering for the gospel. So Peter, he tries to encourage them. I know you're going under severe testing and trials, but keep on going. Pastor Chuck Swindle, I love it. Look what he said about 1 Peter. He said, we struggle with frustration, anger, and uncertainty when trials strange and unexpected land on our doorsteps. When the devil comes knocking. Too often... In those most difficult moments of our lives, confusion reigns while contentment wanes. Questions arise while prayer subsides. When suffering happens, when persecution happens, where we're going through the trials and the testing of life, can you keep going? Do you have the faith, the tenacity, the grit to say, I won't quit on my God. I will keep going and believe that no matter what may happen in my life, come what may, I believe that God is for me. And if God is for me, nothing can stand against me all the days of my life. I won't quit on prayer. I won't quit on my church attendance. I'll keep going. I'll keep praising I'll worship God all the more because I know he's on my side can we keep going so first Peter it's not only for them but it's for us today where is your faith in the midst of hard times see part one last week we learned that the devil he comes knocking I love that Adam knocked a bunch last week part one he comes knocking he is the snake That is the deceiver that comes with lies to leave us ignorant. Somebody say ignorant. If we believe the lies, it leaves us ignorant. In part two, he's the destroyer that comes with schemes to leave us impatient. Week one, he wants you ignorant. Week two, he wants you impatient. Meaning when God hasn't answered God... Where are you? I'm still sick. I'm still broke. I'm still single. My kids are still a mess. My life is a mess. My business is all over the place. I'm still going through this struggle. I'm still going. And we get impatient with God. And when we get impatient with God, we forsake his will and we take out our will and we carry out our plans, not his plans. And when we carry out our plans, all it will lead to is to destruction. That's why he's the destroyer. If you just hold on a little bit longer, you'll realize that God has a purpose in the testing, in the trial. And if he hasn't answered yet, it's because he's answering in another way. He's working something in you. Can I get an amen? The Bible says this, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy. Somebody say joy. Joy. Can you say it like you got some joy? Like, I don't know what he's talking about. Come on. Count it all joy. My brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for now you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking lacking nothing. James is saying, hey, whenever you're going through testing... Have joy. Have joy. In other words, laugh in the prowling lion's face 
because God is doing something on the inside. You can't see it with your natural eye, but I know this is doing something on the inside. It's making me greater. It's making me stronger. It's making me wiser. It's bringing me closer to God. I know he's putting me under the fire, but I won't grow impatient. I'll grow closer to my God and I'll hold on to the promise. In other words, we can assume from James that impatience is a, is a sign of immaturity. Because if you quit on what God is doing, you won't get all that God is trying to do in your life. He says, when it's done, you will be lacking nothing. It's doing something on the inside of us. Now, we don't like it. I'm not standing up here saying, I love it. God, this is awesome. Bring more. <laughs> like, no. But it's doing something on the inside of your life and my life. God, this struggle that I'm going through, this testing that I'm going through, the fire that I'm walking through. I'm not going to listen to the lies that leave me ignorant. And I'm not going to listen to the schemes and get impatient. Impatience will make you do dumb decisions in your life. The Bible says that Abraham became impatient and slept with Hagar. That got him in a whole lot of trouble. King Saul didn't wait for the prophet to tell him the right way to sacrifice. He sacrificed on his own way. And that began the, began the end of his reign. Peter was impatient in the Garden of Gethsemane and cut off a dude's ear. David got tempted with pride and decided to do a census on his own. You take matters into your own hand, you're going to be in trouble. Impatience will lead us to do dumb things. Look what James says about Job, James chapter 5, verse 11. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. James says, look at Job. He's the example. He was going through hell and back, and yet he remained steadfast. With his eyes on God, he said, I'm not moving. I'm believing that my God is for me. And even if the devil tries to bring a way out, I'm not listening to him. I'm not getting impatient. I'm trusting in my God. I'm standing firm on the promise of God that he's for me. He's with me. He will not leave me. He will not abandon me. And his purpose will come to pass. Today, there's a prowling lion out for my life and your life. Some of us, we've answered the door when he's come knocking. And he says, are you tired of waiting? Just, just go ahead and sleep with that coworker. I know you've been waiting for a long time. Oh, I know, I know things in your marriage haven't turned around. Just go ahead and cheat on your wife. It's okay. It's okay. I know you're impatient. Just do it. It'll be better. Oh, I know you're waiting for God to provide a big financial breakthrough. Just lie on your taxes. You'll get a lot more money in return. Thank God that doesn't happen at Calvary. None of these things happen at Calvary. I'm just, examples. I know you don't want to wait till marriage. Just move in with your boyfriend. Everything will be okay. Shall we keep going? <laughs> now, can we be all, we've all got an impatient. I know your word says this, but I want to do this. It's the prowling lion that comes to destroy all that God has for us. Today, have we answered the door? God, I'm not waiting on you. You're taking way too long. And the devil, the devouring lion is knocking. He said, hey, why don't you just try it this other way? Try it your way, right away. <laughs> and it comes to destroy everything that God, Peter, Peter knows. Peter knows what they're going through in the known world. And he's like, hey, hey, 
remember that everything that you're experiencing physically is just symbolic of everything that really is going on spiritually. Whatever you're experiencing in this natural world, understand there's something greater happening in the spiritual world. Peter says, I, I know a lot of us are in trouble all over Turkey. I know some of us in Rome, it's tough, but, but understand God is at work. And understand the same way God is at work, the devil is at work too. The devil works overtime. And he says, it's a prowling lion coming to destroy. And in 1 Peter, he gives us three things that we can do when the devil comes knocking with destruction. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he says, be sober-minded. Somebody say sober-minded. In other words, what does that mean? That means have a focused mind. First thing I want you to know today, Peter says, have a focused mind. Be sober-minded. Have a focused mind. In other words, when he says be sober-minded, he's not talking about a physical soberness. To be sober physically means to not be drunk. All right, that means don't drink to the point that you get drunk. Remain sober. He's talking about spiritually. In other words, don't get drunk with thoughts that are not supposed to be in your mind. He's talking about intoxicating thoughts. Some of us today, we struggle with intoxicating thoughts. He says, keep your, your mind in the game. Stay focused on all that God has for you. In other words, don't let your mind wander. Don't have a wandering mind. Paul says, and Peter says, there's a prowling lion. I want you to have a focused mind. Be careful with intoxicating thoughts. Intoxicating thoughts of comfort. Life is not supposed to be like this. God's supposed to give me my millions, my private jet, my house. Everything's supposed to be good. Those are intoxicating thoughts. Who says that's the gospel? That's God calling right there saying that ain't right. <laughs> intoxicating thoughts. What thoughts are you entertaining today? Peter wants us to know we're in a war. Be careful with your thoughts. Yesterday, we, we put Zion in the car. Anytime Zion, my dog, I have a, some of you are like, oh, he has a son named Zion. I know it's a dog, a German shepherd. <laughs> Two years old, and he's a um, beautiful German shepherd, and I love him. And anytime we get, we get him ready for a car ride, he loses his mind. Like Zion is the most obedient, gentle, kind, loving dog. And I did a pretty good training him, uh, job training him. And, and he listens to everything. But the minute he knows we're taking him on a car ride, he stops listening to everything. Like, like he goes, that's it, blind, deaf, he doesn't care. He starts crying like a little baby, whimpering because he's so happy he's getting in the car. In fact, so much so that he forgets I need to put a leash on him. He loses his mind. And he forgets that he needs the leash to get in the car so that he can enjoy the car ride and he can go to the park. Some of us, our mind are so much on the war that is happening maybe in the physical that you forget there's a spiritual war happening and there's a prowling lion. Your mind is filled with intoxicating thoughts of everything that's not going right. You're anxious, you're stressed. I don't have the money, I don't have the wife, I don't have the husband. My marriage is still not fixed. I'm still broke, I'm still going through this. And God's like, fix your mind, focus your mind on everything else that's going on spiritually. I'm with you, I'm maturing you, I'm making you better, but you need to control your thoughts. Some of us are living in La La Land and there's a war going on. Control your thoughts. 
Control your thoughts. We went to Epcot recently and you go to Epcot and it's absolutely amazing. And we were there and we rode the new ride, Ratatouille, and it was phenomenal and ate all the food in the world. Imagine leaving Epcot and singing Let It Go for the rest of my life every day and devouring food the way I did at Epcot. Controlling your thoughts, meaning you know what's fantasy and you know what's real. I know what's not real and I know what is real. I know what's authentic and I know what's not authentic. Meaning this world is not Epcot. There's not an evil chef that is trying to take me and Ratatouille out of a kitchen. There is a prowling lion that is trying to destroy my life, my marriage, my purpose, my giftings, my calling. And this is not a game. Control your thoughts. In other words, you're a soldier in God's army. So basically what Peter is saying, you're a soldier. I, I love the way Paul puts it. Paul puts it this way. He tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Come on, those, that's, a, that's, one of my, that's one of my life verses, I promise you. It's always a reminder whenever my mind starts to wander, whenever I start to think too much of this physical world, of all that the world has to offer, whenever you're tempted with money, whenever you're tempted with anything, whenever there's lust in front of your face, whenever the devil's throwing anything, say, a good soldier doesn't get entangled in civilian affairs. Yes, sir, I'm in the Lord's army. I got a focused mind. I'm not playing games. I've got, come on, somebody, come on, get your mind focused. How do you answer the door with a focused mind? The devil comes to destroy. Get your mind right. Get your mind right. If you need to sit down with a counselor, with a pastor, you do that, but control your mind. He says, uh, be sober. And then he says, be alert. In other words, don't just have a focused mind. Number two, have opened eyes. Have opened eyes. Your thought life must be clear. You must be at all times realizing that there's opportunities for you to fail and for you to quit on God's purposes and plans for your life. But you also have to have eyes that see spiritually. Have vision for what the enemy's trying to throw. There's dangers along the way. There's dangers. Do you see what the enemy's trying to throw your way? A couple of weeks ago, we talked about Eutychus falling asleep at a window. How many of us today are falling asleep at all God has for our life? You're asleep and you don't realize the dangers that you're falling into. Falling into traps of lust, falling into traps of quitting God's will for your life, falling into traps of deception, falling into destruction of the enemy. There is dangers, but there's also opportunities. Not only is there dangers on the road, there is opportunity. God gives you an opportunity every single day to do something in your life, for him to get the glory in your life. Are you looking at the opportunities God has before you? Every day, God, I want to give you the glory. Every day, God, I'm going to die to self so that you can be magnified in my life. God, have your way in my life, in my marriage, in my relationships, in my home, in my office, in my business. Take advantage of every opportunity that God has given you. If you walk around with your eyes closed spiritually, you'll miss out on all that God wants to do and you'll sleepwalk through life and you'll miss out on blessing after blessing after blessing on all he wanted to accomplish for your life Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 and 16 Paul says be very careful then how you live don't live as unwise but live as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil 
Are you taking advantage of every opportunity God has for your life? Today, I, I really believe that God has doors of opportunities for so many of us. And every conversation we have and every place that we go to, when we sit down and talk with somebody, when we're going through a test, when we're going through a trial, it's an opportunity for God to get the glory in our life. And if you walk around with your eyes closed, you'll miss out on what God is doing and you'll fall into the trap of the destroyer. Abaddon. He says, be sober. Keep a focused mind. Be watchful. Keep opened eyes. And then in verse 9, 1 Peter 5, 9, he says, resist him firm in your faith. That means keep a focused mind. Keep your eyes open. And number three, we'll finish with this. Have firm feet. You need to have a focused mind. Somebody say a focused mind. Somebody say opened eyes and firm feet. In other words, watch where you are standing. What are you standing on? Peter says, resist him. He says, there's a prowling lion out to devour you. Resist him standing firm. Standing firm. Now that word resist, it literally means to not move. In other words, when an attack from the enemy comes, you say, I'm staying put and I'm not moving from the stance that I had. In fact, when Peter uses, in in 1 Peter chapter 5, what we just read, when he uses this word resist, it's a military term. Meaning whenever the enemy tries to advance on you, you put your feet firm in the ground and you don't let him push you back. When the destroyer comes knocking on your door, can you stand with your feet firm on the promise of God that says he is a healer and I know he will heal me at his time. I know he's a provider and I know he's going to provide for me in due time. I know my God is able and I know he's going to do something in due time, but I'm not moving from the rock that is Jesus. He's my rock, my salvation. He's the one that is working on my behalf. I got my feet firm resisting the devil. James tells us, resist the devil and he will flee. There's nothing more that the lion hates than a Christian who does not move on his convictions. This morning, I wonder if we can say, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. I've moved before. I've lost my footing and I've I've moved on my convictions. I've compromised some of my things because I thought this would be easier. My will over God's will. I thought it would be faster. I thought God was taking too long and and I've moved my feet. Can you keep your feet firm and secure on God's promises? The devil, he's prowling like a roaring lion. And all he's waiting is for somebody to say, yeah, yeah, this is taking too long. I'm I'm just going to move off. And the minute your feet begin to shake, He'll devour and destroy all that God has for you. I love this story. There's an incredible coach that we get to have here in Miami. His name is Pat Riley. and Now he's the general manager of the Miami Heat. But Pat Riley has an incredible legacy. And Pat Riley has been involved in basketball since he was a little kid. And he shares a story that when he was younger, he, he would go and play basketball with his older brothers. And they would take him to the park. But there was all these older guys that literally would bully him. And he'll begin to shove him on the court and he'll fall. He'll literally go home crying every day. Pat Riley says, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't play with these guys. They were tough. They were big. They were bullies. They wouldn't let him stand in the court. They wouldn't let him get the ball. And Pat Riley says every day he would go home crying and his dad would see him and be like, what's wrong? Keep going. Keep going. And one day he wanted to quit. In fact, 
he says, these are the last words his dad told him because after this, his dad passed away. His dad told him this, son, every now and then, somewhere, someplace, sometime, you are going to have to plant your feet, stand firm and make a point about who you are and what you believe in. When the time comes, Pat, you just simply have to do it. Sometime, someplace, somewhere, there's going to come a time where you have to plant your feet and stand firm. When the time comes, just do it. I know he's coming with temptation. I know he's coming with lies. I know he's coming with destruction. But when he comes, make a decision down deep in your soul that you know that God is for you. And you say, I'm not moving. I'm not moving from my conviction. I'm not moving from his promises. I'm not listening to the enemy. And if you've moved, there's grace for you to stand back up and stand on the rock that is Jesus. If you've fallen, come on, there's grace for you to stand back up and plant your feet firm. Resist him and stand firm in God's promises. Today, have you misstepped? Have you fallen? Have you listened to the lies of the destroyer? You think it's over? I want to tell you there's grace for your life. We can stand up on our feet all across this place. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. Thank you, God. The Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he comes to give life and life to the fullest. Today, maybe you've listened to the destroyer. Maybe you've listened to the lion that has come roaring trying to destroy your life maybe you can look back and say I, I, I've slipped I've messed up I've taken my feet off the promises of God I've messed up too much I've messed up my home my relationships my life my marriage my business my relationship with my kids with my parents today you're saying I, I need the promises of God I need to stand on those promises firm I need to have a focused mind I need to have eyes that are open and feet that are firm on his promise. With every eye closed and every head bowed, let's pray this morning. Today, there's people in here saying, my life has been destroyed by the destroyer. Some of you have lost things. Some of you have lost families. Some of you have lost marriages. Some of you have lost businesses. Some of you think that you've lost things forever and there is no new opportunity for you. The devil is a liar and he's under our feet. The grace of God is greater and better than any sin that you could have committed. And today he comes to restore. Today he comes to make new in the name of Jesus. I want us to do something. I want every person in here to put one hand on the person to your right, one hand on the person to your left. We're going to pray over each other today. Peter finishes 1 Peter chapter 5 by saying, remember your brothers and sisters around the world. They're suffering too. In other words, you're not the only one. But he says, remember that God is faithful and he will establish you. He will confirm you. He will make you strong. And so today I want you to begin to pray for that person on your right. Come on, can we lift up our prayers? Come on, begin to pray for that person on your right. I want you to lift up your voice, Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to lift up your voice. Pray for that person on your right. Ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen them this morning, to help them this morning. God, I pray that you give them the wisdom and I pray that you give them the faith. 
to not answer the door when the destroyer comes, to keep their eyes on you, God, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would give them faith today. I pray that you would give them hope today. I pray that you would keep their eyes open, their mind focused. I pray that their feet will be firm on all of your promises and all of your goodness, on all that you've promised to us, God. You are good. You are faithful. Come on, prophesy over that person to your right. Say, God, I pray that you bless their home, bless their marriage. I pray that you keep their mind focused. I pray that you protect them and they're coming in and they're coming out. Bless them today, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Look out after their family, after their finances. Bless their home, bless their marriages, bless their relationships in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift them up in prayer. Pray for that person now on your left. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Pray for that person on your left. Pray for their marriage. Pray for their home. Pray that God would bless them. Pray that God would help them. Pray that God would strengthen their feet to stand on the promises of God. Pray that God would keep their mind focused, that their thoughts would be good thoughts, heavenly thoughts, thoughts of faith in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon them right now, God, strengthening their minds, strengthening their bones. Hallelujah. Come on, prophesy over that person to your left in the name of Jesus, God. Fill them today. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with your power. Fill them in the name of Jesus, God. Strengthen them. Strengthen them today. Hallelujah. Strengthen them today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We pray for their kids, their homes, their finances. Keep their mind focused in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a roaring lion, but there is a conquering lion. He's the lion of Judah. He's the one that overcame death, the cross, and the grave. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Hallelujah. With eyes closed and head bowed. With eyes closed and head bowed, we'll leave it in just a moment. Today, if you're here, if you're watching online and you're saying, Alex, I, I don't have a relationship with God. I understand everything we've talked about today. And I see what Peter mentioned in the scripture, but I feel so far from God. Maybe you're here for the first time, second time. Maybe you're watching online and you feel distant from God. You feel like you've messed up too much. You feel like this is for somebody else, but not for you. I'm going to tell you today, God loves you. If you've heard nothing else today, I want you to hear this. He loves you. He, he's madly, deeply in love with you. God loves you so much that he allowed you to come in here today to remind you of his love for you. He's allowed you to log in to remind you how much he's after you. He loves you. He loves you. But the Bible says we're sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. And so yes, God loves us, but God hates sin and God can't be with sin. And the Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all lied, cheated, stole. We've all done bad, thought bad, said bad. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. It creates a barrier between us and God. But the Bible says that God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed my sin, your sin. The Bible says that Jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. And the Bible says that Jesus died for every single mistake we've done. He went up on a cross called Calvary. The Bible says that sin brings death. You and I should have died. Our lives should have been destroyed. The destroyer should have won. But Jesus says, I'll pay the price. And Jesus took death. He died at that cross. He went down to a grave. But after three days, the Bible says he crushed the head of the serpent, meaning he resurrected from the dead. Jesus, he is alive. And today he wants to give you life and life to the fullest. The thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Son of God comes to give life and life to the fullest. 
Today, if you're saying, Alex, I want light to the fullest. I want God to forgive me of all of my mistakes with every eye closed. Come on, as staff is praying, pastors are praying, dream teams praying. This is the most important part of our service. If you're here today, if you're watching online, every eye closed, every head bowed, come on, in a moment of prayer, in a moment of privacy. If you're here today, you say, Alex, I need forgiveness. I'm tired of the way I'm living. I'm tired of allowing the lion to destroy my life. Today, I want forgiveness. Today, I want a brand new beginning. I want a brand new start. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. If that's you, at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. Every eye closed, every head bowed in prayer and in privacy. Hold it up just for a few seconds. I'm just going to see you and then you can put it right back down. If that's you, you're saying, Alex, I need a new beginning. I need forgiveness. I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Raise your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can, as high as you can. I see you. I see you. God bless 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 you. Amazing. 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 Awesome. You can put your hands back down. Online, if you're making that decision, you can raise your hand wherever you're at. If you're watching this service live, and let us know on the chats right now, hey, I'm making that decision. I need Jesus in my life. Whatever you eye closed, whatever you head bowed, we're going to say a simple prayer. And I want you to repeat this prayer from the bottom of your heart. I'm making this first prayer easy, but you can talk to God any place, anywhere. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So I want you to repeat with me. In fact, the whole church, that's one big family. Come on. Why don't we say this out loud together? Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen. decision online we would love to connect with you and we have a free gift for you outside we have this bible that's going to help you and all of you who raise your hands you can pass by the connect tent before you take a picture with your family we have a fall picture photo booth area but before you do that pick up a free bible it's absolutely free they're not going to bother you they're not going to ask you for anything you don't have to give any details if you don't want just pick up this bible it's going to help you if you're watching online send us a text uh there that's on the screen we'll mail one out to you amen anybody grateful that we have the conquering lion Come on, the one that responds to the lion that prowls. Come on, Jesus already overcame. And we can stand firm on the victory that he's given us. When the devil comes knocking, you answer with the word of God. And you give him the truth that it says in God's scripture. He's the roaring lion that wants to come to destroy. But today I want us to leave out of here knowing that we already have the victory in the name of Jesus. Say, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. Maybe I've moved in the past. Maybe my feet have slipped. But from today on, I'm not moving. And I may need help from some people in my connect group. And I may need a lot of prayer, a lot of support. But keep me up because I'm not moving on what God has spoken over my life. Amen. Hey, we talked about the devil that comes as a deceiver this week. The one that comes as a destroyer next week. We're going to talk about the devil that comes knocking as the accuser. It's Halloween Sunday. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus next week. Come on. It's going to be on. I want you to bring everybody you can. If there's anything the devil is good at, it's bringing shame into our life. 
And so next week, we're going to lift up the name of Jesus. Bring your neighbor, bring your grandmother, your father, your mother, your aunt, your dogs, your cat. No cats. Cats go to hell. But everything out, you bring them. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't we lift up our hands? We're going to leave out of here praying. We'll worship. Let's worship one more time. Pray you have the best week of your life, that God will go before you, behind you, and surround you. Thank you, God, for the victory that you already gave us. God, we're standing on the rock that is Jesus. Thank you for all the promises that are yes and amen in him. God, we're not moving on all you've spoken over our life. We're standing on your word. We're standing on your truth. We're standing on the convictions that you've given us, God, that if you're for us, nothing can stand against us all the days of our life. We love you. We thank you. And we worship you. In Jesus' name.